Welcome, all you fabulous listeners out there. Here we are again. It's me, Lucy Nolan, forging forth once more into the world of floral loveliness on your behalf. And what makes this a complete and utter pleasure is, of course, linking up with he who knows all blooms, the extremely talented florist, Paulie Hawkins. And this week, we are once again showing off our technology skills, or not, by linking up to record this podcast over the internet. So, reaching out to London from Sussex over the airwaves. Hello there, Paulie. Are you there? Over. Gosh, it sounds a bit like the Eurovision Song Contest. Hello, Sweden. Um, ah. <laughs> hello, darling. Yes, I'm here in London. How's it down in Sussex? Over. Oh, well, it's lovely. Thank you very much for asking. Yes, it's um, it's quite sunny today, although we are very much in autumn climes. So, um, yes, but having a having a lovely, sunny, sunny experience down here today. How about in London? Is it sunny? Well, do you know what? It's absolutely gorgeous. And I feel I should be out getting a bit of vitamin. Is it D, D. or E? I, mm, D. D. Vitamin D, uh, walking the dog and stuff like that. But it's lovely to chat with you and have our little weekly flowery catch up, darling. Mm, good. And what I'm hoping is wherever anybody is, when they are listening to this, whenever they're listening to it, even if it's not sunny where you are, we can be your sunshine. So that's what we're going to be for the rest of this sort of 20 minutes or so, aren't we, Paulie? I love that. I love that, Lucy. Yes, we're a bit of flowery sunshine, but it's straight down to podcast business, Lucy, I think. And uh, I'm very, very excited about this week's bloom. Um, it kind of oozes sophistication and etherealness, if there's such a thing. Oh, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to this one as well, actually, Paulie. So let's get going then. OK, without further ado, this week's flower, Lucy, is the calla lily. That's the calla lily. It's the epitome of glamour and sleek sophistication. It makes one think of sort of gorgeous, opulent 1920s situations. It's, it's a million Busby Barclay girls, the Savoy and a big scoop of the Great Gatsby all rolled into one. It's just flowery, sophisticated heaven. Gorgeous. Yes, when you say the Busby Barclay girls, it does remind me of um, all those wonderful videos where they're all dancing in in unison and those incredible choreography moments that I always imagine them to be shot in those super studios in Hollywood with lots of cameras everywhere and and people shouting and and do it again, do it again until they got it absolutely right. And yes, star absolutely. of the show. Absolutely. It just makes you think of those sort of airport size hangar studios and people mm. shouting through megaphones and, you know, and then some poor girl who accidentally looked at the camera ruining the whole thing and they have to do it again. <gasps> terrifying, yes. Terrifying. Gosh. But anyway, it's the polar opposite to all those billowing, gorgeous, cottagey, gardeny, hedgerowy flowers that we love to rave about here at Fabulous Flowers. And it screams Art Deco glamour. It's, it's like one of those devastatingly beautiful, divine, scrumptious, glamorous bronze ladies. Sort of a bit like the, the spirit of ecstasy on the front of the Rolls Royce. Languid and bewitching, I would say. Don't you think? Mm. Oh, absolutely. I love the idea of that um, spirit of ecstasy. I know exactly what you mean. That kind of wonderful statuettes that used to be prevalent in the 50s almost. That sort of incredible you know, signature wonderfulness. The wonderful thing about the calla lily, they come in the most amazing array of colours. They come in a wonderful sort of dusky, slightly dirty pink, um, and then a really beautiful, strong kind of yolky yellow. Think of that wonderful sort of Chinese Georgian yellow in those beautiful drawing rooms. 
um, there's a Colfax and Fowler drawing room um, at Brook Street where I used to work, which is that beautiful Georgian yellow. I'm going to stick. I'm going to stick that up um, mm -hmm. on the um, Fabulous Flowers um, Instagram. Um, so that'll be marvellous for everyone to see that. That's the yellow one, and then there's the aubergine one, which is actually almost black. It's like a really dark, dark kind of aubergine colour, really. And then there's a wonderful burnt orange one, of course. Then there is the flawlessly beautiful white one. But I think you can't really put anything else with them in a vase because they need to be left to sing their own floral song. That sounds really corny, but you can't compete with them, really. They really are sort of so glamorous and sophisticated. And to me, they shout out city wedding. City wedding, they're perfect for an urban glitzy party. Mm, gosh, how wonderful. Yes. I know what you mean that you probably couldn't put them with anything else floral because they're just a standalone thing of beauty. And sometimes you just need to let those individual simple things sort of just shine, don't you? And I'm sure that's why. Do you remember they were picked and used for the simple cosmetics adverts, I think, in the 90s and possibly in the early noughties? where they oh, had yes. a plain, simple lily and they had a tagline, you know, some advertising executive somewhere came up with something frightfully clever, like, um, you know, not coloured, not perfumed, just kind. And they used the the lily to symbolise that because they are perfect on their own. They don't need anything else. So I see where you're coming from. But Lucy, wasn't your late father a fabulous advertising executive? And I can just imagine him, the late lovely Paddy, coming up with that wonderful strap line, bless him. Yes, he was. Well, I wouldn't say advertising <laughs> executive. I'd say more broadly film director, really more you know commercials director, really sort of bit, bit ballsy and a bit fun. But yes, we love that. We love that. But I mean, over the years, it's, I've done quite a few sort of madly high end weddings at Claridge's and the beautiful white calla lilies have often featured there because paired with large, glossy, tropical green leaves and silver bowls overflowing with white roses and sort of streamlined, plain crystal candelabras. They kind of echo the wonderful, breathtaking, baker-like chandeliers which adorn the ballroom at Claridge's there. I mean, it's mm. really, if ever you're walking past Claridge's, just pop in. Get, find a little yeah. reason for popping in. You know, where's my dog gone? Or, or where's my aunt? You know, that sort yes. of thing. Can I use um, the room? Can I use the loo? But they're Baker-like chandeliers, but they're actually um, called lucite. It's a clear um, sort of Baker-like. But oh, so, so it looks like glass then? It looks like glass, but, you know, it was back in the day, it was just a sneaky way of making something look like glass, but it was a cheap thing, cheap yes. way of doing it. Yes. But, I think um, they but... did actually use a lot of those um, props on film sets and commercials and things were also made of Bakelite for that exact reason. So they were unbreakable to a certain extent but um cheaper, looked like glass to, yes cheaper to use yeah. and move about yeah but now all that loose sites become so so valuable and i remember doing a big wedding there and moving an enormous ladder and man managing to take a chunk out of one of those um lucite chandeliers and um Whoops. Oh, it was just awful I, I was very good and i confessed to the gm and he was very sweet that's good boy um, that's general manager general manager yeah just in yes. case yes. um but yeah that was the day before that was the Sorry, that was um that was in the days before risk assessments and method statement mm. thingamajigs and health and safety and but mind you, Lou, you could sort of understand why because with florists and party planners trashing the place, you kind of need that sort of thing. So another Carla Lily story was um I was doing a huge wedding at a very well known uh, London venue, and um very very glamorous. It taken years to plan it all. They'd spent gazillions on it, uh, the whole production. And um, the father of the bride had decided to pay some of the supplies at the end, like the band and the 
ice sculpture people with cash. So he had £15,000 in his morning suit jacket um, in an envelope, in, in an envelope. Party went very well, wedding all gorgeous, came to the end of it and it came the time to pay uh, the suppliers and he put his hand in his jacket and the money had gone. No. So, yeah, 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 yeah. And of course, in those days, this is probably 20 years ago, everything was videoed galore. And to cut a long story short, when they watched the video back, they saw, yeah. Yeah. caught the thief on video going <gasps> into uh, the father's morning suit jacket on the back of his chair, oh, no. yeah, and lifting the envelope. And, um, and guess who it was? Oh, what? Who lifted the envelope? Yeah, who nicked it? I don't, I don't know. I can't bear it. Go on. It was the groom. It was the groom. <gasps> I know. Oh my! That's just <laughs> awful. I feel sick. <laughs> I know, but they did have lots of callers there. There's a slight tenuous connection there. But good uh, me. Can you imagine the rest of the yeah the married life. I, can, I wonder how it went. You know? I can imagine actually, but I actually just going on of a slight tangent here. I did a job once um, for uh, Tina Turner. We made a, a lovely video for Tina Turner. And in fact, oh, yeah. it was for the James Bond uh, title track, Goldeneye. And it was a real extravaganza. The director was the incredibly fabulous Jake Scott, who's Ridley's son, one of. And um, it was on a Sunday because we flew everybody in from America and this and other. And it was shot at Shepperton and Pinewood Studios, uh, the home of British filmmaking, I like mm, to think. Mm. And the entire crew and studio and everybody... Um, had to be paid in cash because it was an American. God, I hope no one from HMRC is listening. I don't think it makes any difference now because it was so long yes, ago. Yes, those are the days. Um, those are the days. <laughs> those are the days. But similarly to the father of the bride, I had enormous amounts of cash. But I actually employed several people to deal with the cash. So I had cash counters, a bit like the old money money counters in the old mm. days. And at the end of the day, people were queuing up and... Um, the backpacked assistants that had the cash in their backpacks had to then count it out at the table and pay everybody on the night in cash. But that was a nice go between, so you didn't have to get cash. your fingers dirty and sort of get involved. Too yes, much. I needed someone to delegate to get that. Didn't want to get my my hands dirty on that filthy lucre. But um, yes, so carry on, Paulie. Back to the callers. Um, yes, no, I mean, I think that's 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 it really. But there's a, I have got a little caller story. I, I once, there's a lovely, lovely uh, chap called Lord Charteris, who is the Queen's, uh, he just, he used to kind of hold the purse strings to the Queen's purse. He was her private secretary for many, many years. He was there when he, she found out that the King had died back in, you know, Kenya, was it Kenya, Kenya? Somewhere like that, Nairobi. Anyway, that's not the story. So she, he um, it was his 80th and the Queen threw a party for him at Claridge's. And um, it was so sweet. And we had lots and lots of lovely calla lilies. Um, and mm. it was so, there were about sort of, that was me knocking the microphone. Sorry, everyone. Um, there was a wonderful, wonderful long table um, of lots of lovely roses and calla lilies and gorgeous. Mm. And we were allowed to look through the door of Claridge's uh, wow. to the ballroom and to watch the Queen arriving. And she was just like oh. sort of experiencing kind of God in a way, watching her yes. arrive. She was how so amazing. kind of understated. But what was the great... And when was the, this? The, the, how long ago? Yeah. Oh, 25 years ago. Oh, okay. 20 years ago. It's when I first started, really-ish. Mm. And so she sat down at, at, at the table and then sort of 
reached down and opened her handbag and took out this big velvet box. And, and so we thought, what she's going to do now? She opened the velvet box and took out a hook, this big gold hook that she hung on the side of the table. And um, then she sort of proceeded to hang her handbag on it. And it was a handbag hook. And I just thought, what a fabulous present for the yes. for the girl who's got everything. A I handbag hook. Would you like one? I would Keep love one of those. those. And I think I've I think the Queen probably deserves one of those because you don't want her bending over and rummaging about on the floor when she's sitting next yes. to dignitaries on her left and her right. That's a yes. good idea. It's a little stocking filler for the girl who indeed has everything, Paulie. Except a yes, hammer. Yes, I mean, which she wants, you know, wants a murrayment or something like that, scrummaging about, mm. you know, powder the nose. Absolutely. Anyway, Lou, that's those are my those are my callous stories. I've gone, I've totally digressed, but um, it's all fun. It's all fun. Mm. Um, actually, and do you know what? I've got a little surprise for you, Lou. <gasps> I love surprises. <laughs> well, you know how every now and then we like a little contributor here on our fabulous flowers podcast. Well, I've got one. I've brought. I've just rummaged around in the past and have got a little kind of flowery chat from the theatrical and West End legend that is Bonnie Langford. Oh my goodness me, that's so exciting. Okay. I, I know, I know. And I was actually at school with her and I know how she loves a flower. So um, take it away, Bonnie. Hello, this is Bonnie Langford and I hope you're enjoying this wonderful podcast of Fabulous Flowers TV. Now, Paul Hawkins and Lucy Nolan told me all about it and uh, I met them last time when I was um, at 42nd Street, uh, the musical in London, which was at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane and actually is available on film in various theatres and cinemas. Um, anyway, I uh, it was such a wonderful show and one of my favourite moments was singing the song I Only Have Eyes For You. The only thing was, was that it was actually, I had to be on a raised sort of part of the stage, really quite high in the air, and it was rather treacherous and very wobbly. Now behind me on the set were these fabulous calla lilies, which I believe you're talking about today. And they were so beautiful, they weren't real, I'm afraid. One of the things I had to be really careful of was not only not to fall off the edge of the stage, because it was very dark up there as well, but also because it was so treacherous and wobbly, if I moved too fast, the lilies would rattle and then bash against the back wall. So, you know, as if you haven't got enough to think about with singing a song, hopefully getting that one across. It was quite sad as well. And then you have to make sure that there weren't fake lilies in the background banging on the back wall. Fortunately, they weren't. And we managed to make it happen. But, you know, <laughs> the, tre the treachery of being on stage. <laughs> if only we were all there now, unfortunately, you know, London theatre and theatre all around the world is in this terrible position. But at least we've got uh, some films and things to keep us going and all those things. And I hope you're all doing all right. Um, one of my favourite flowers, actually, are lilies. I think they're absolutely beautiful. Um, I love the ones that smell, although I do have to pick out the uh, pollen because otherwise it does stain your clothes, doesn't it? Um, if I had a dinner party and I was choosing some flowers, I think I would probably choose lilies or anything that was really pretty. I love sort of pink and yellow flowers as well. They're rather beautiful. Um, anyway, enough of that. I hope you're having a wonderful time listening to this podcast. Thanks to Paulie and Lucy for inviting me and uh, have a great day. Oh, my goodness me, Paulie. I can't believe Bonnie Langford actually contributed to our Fabulous Flowers podcast in between 
golly, you know, only performing in your most favourite musical ever, 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 ever in the whole wide world. Yes, that's the 42nd Street thing, um, my, my obsession. I actually saw it 18 times in the West End, and I have to say Dorothy Brock, um, that's the main character, was played by Bonnie, and she was amazing. But we are really, really eking away from the Calla Lily situation. But I have to say thank you, Bonnie. Thank you, thank yes. you. Yes, gosh, that was amazing. So I have a couple of interesting nuggets here. The colour lily was named after the Greek word for beautiful. And that, of course, is the word kala. It's also associated with the Greek goddess Hera in Greek mythology. Here's a lovely floriography fun fact about it, too. During the Victorian period in the 19th century, there was, as we all know on Fabulous Flowers TV, a floral language bloom that was called floriography. It meant that certain flowers were associated with expressing particular feelings. So you could send somebody a bouquet, delivering a very specific message based on the flower's meaning. There was no need for words. The recipient could decipher the intended message merely by the blossoms chosen and the way they were arranged. The white arum lily is within the calla lily family and plays a role in the Christian Easter service as a symbol of Jesus's resurrection. In many paintings and other works throughout history, the calla lily has been depicted with the Virgin Mary or the Angel of Annunciation. For this reason, the message that the lily carries is one of faith, purity and holiness. Also, the cone-like flowers that blossom in the spring have become symbols of youth and rebirth. You may also hear them referred to as the Easter lily, and that's because they typically bloom around the time of the Christian celebration of Easter thus tying in with the purity, the holiness and the rebirth theme there too. So that's nice. That's very nice. Hmm. The white arum lilies are often used at weddings, which you mentioned there, Paulie, and that's because they are traditional symbols also of divinity, marital bliss and true devotion. And more specifically, the colour lily marks the sixth wedding anniversary. So if any of you want to slightly show off your floral knowledge there, and anybody's coming up for a sixth wedding anniversary, the calla lily is for you. However, they are also used at funerals and they are beautiful for those two because they represent sympathy and purification of a departed soul. So the exquisite calla lily is really an appropriate flower for any occasion that involves major transitions, rebirths and new beginnings. I have to say, Lou, I'm absolutely blown away and I'm always blown away by your fabulous um, floriography facts. But I didn't realise there were so many fantastic things about the colour. Um, pure purification of a departed soul. I like that. But um, they're, they're, these elegant lilies, they are part of the, the genus of plants. Here comes a little bit of Italian there, everyone. You ready? Called the Xantidacea. Oh. Did I get that one right? Absolument. Oh, that's French. Okay. No, oui. no, bon, bon. C, C, A, yeah. Um, the, the genus was named in honour of Giovanni Zantadeschi, who lived from 1773 uh, to 1846. And he was indeed from Italy and a very, very famous botanist. But um, they really are a super duper sculptural element to any late spring or early summer garden. You could also try growing them en masse in a lovely large container or a big showy planter to provide a sort of a centrepiece for a circular garden or a terrace or a paved area or by a gazebo or, or an archway perhaps i mean they really are extremely versatile they're really easy to grow just make sure they're kept damp at all times and give them a good feed every couple of weeks but um the colorful ones um need to be kept inside 
really, that basically. And um, but the pure white lily in the Kala family, Latin name, Xantodesia Aethulu. Xantodesia Aethiopica. Su um, <laughs> is also known as the arum lily. The arum lily is a hardy version of the family and can be left out in the garden all year round as long as you protect the little crown over the winter from frosts and snow. The arum lily can also be grown as a marginal pond plant, so on the edge, not too deep. Um, and it looks so lovely near the water, especially with those white trumpet reflections when it's in full bloom. Really, really gorgeous. But um, the more delicate and tender summer calla lilies come in shades of pink, orange and purple and dusky, dusky purple. I think I mentioned that earlier, but there's also a variety with stunning cream spotted leaves, which I've never seen that. I want to look into the cream spotted leaves. Beautiful. Mm, yeah, they sounded nice. I myself am actually going to get some of those and I'm going to try them by my pond and also somewhere else in the garden as a bit of colour. I've never planted a lily. I love a lily and um, the calla lilies in particular. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have a go at those, Paulie. I'm excited about that. Yep, I don't blame you, Lisa. And I think they'd look, certainly look lovely by your pond. So um, let's move on to our floriography focus for the week and where we concentrate on something in the world of flowers, but perhaps not a flower a supporting cast member of the floral world, a technique or even a message. But in this episode, we're going to enlighten our fabulous Flowers TV listeners on a rather wonderful accompaniment to so many blooms used in my line of work. And that is the wonderful steel grass, spelt like steel, S-T-E-E-L, steel grass. It's the skinny supermodel of the foliage world. It's linear, simple, chic and effortlessly stylish. Perfect to pair with the colour, actually. But um, you can use it en masse in a vase for a minimalistic sort of nirvana. But once it's in the vase, you can trim the tops for that really smart and slightly eastern choppy look. Um, it keeps a fabulous kind of array of loveliness in a vase. It's better when it's trimmed and chopped to give that kind of nod towards the Japanese ikebana flower arranging. Also, good for swirling around in a circle under the water, around the stems in one of those sort of round glass goldfish bowl vases and that's quite a kind of a European look it's a bit kind of um a bit disco-y and a bit kind of designer designer florist as I call it but um the steel grass is a fabulous thing it works well with cut orchids tropical leaves and another kind of hot climate jungly influenced lovelies Mm, that sounds wonderful I found out that steel grass is actually the foliage of a flowering plant and that grows like a tree it's wispy and it's decorative and it has a super long vase life too and it adds a super little splash of green colour to any DIY floral arrangement. Steel, steel grass is also very handy, of course, for tall arrangements because it is extremely tall. It's another one that looks fabulous planted in large containers as a patio feature or, depending on the height, clumped in the middle or the back of your beds. You can relax to the sound of the breeze rustling through the grasses, such as any still grass in an outdoor space would bring, or simply enjoy looking at the structure and the colour. So if I wanted to get some steel grass then, Paulie, to use in an arrangement, where would I get it or how would I order it? Because it's not something that I would have considered using before. But the more I learn from your floristry styles and your content and your amazing talent, the more I see that there are so many things I don't use and I haven't used and I haven't heard of, but I am determined to branch out, see what I did there, and become 
become a little bit bolder and braver with my floral attempts. So how do I get steel grass? Well, yes, I mean, it, it's got that really lovely, slightly modern look to it. And I would say you're better off kind of getting in touch with your local florist. They can order it for you, Lou, okay. or perhaps visiting yeah. a wholesaler um, or a garden yeah. centre. Oh, right. Market, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or you could just kind of Google it, look online, Google steel grass, um, or you could mm. just plant it in your garden, on your roof terrace and um, have your own on tap. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. Excellent advice. Thank you for that, Paulie. So uh, moving on, as we are now entering the month of October, whilst we are recording this, we're going to highlight a flower that is associated with this wonderful autumn month. Not the zodiac flower, as there are actually two signs that straddle the uh, October month, and we do those separately. So, October, the flower associated with this month is the marigold. With its golden blooms that match the colour of the autumn leaves, they come in bright colours, including all shades of orange, pink and purple. Marigolds symbolise fierce love, passion, creativity, warmth, and they exemplify elegance and devotion. Well, I don't know what you're thinking, Paulie, but I'd say, as an October-born girl myself, that pretty much sums me up, wouldn't you? I would say absolutely, Lucy. I couldn't really kind of um, add to that. I think it's just summed you up in a in a nutshell, I'd say. Yeah. Thanks, darling. Um, I have many October friends as well who share this wonderful flower. So Nicola up in Norfolk, Cloda, my wonderful Irish neighbour, lovely, lovely sister-in-law Jane all the way over there in Sweden. And a couple of brother-in-laws too, Richard and Robbie. So I'm thinking that perhaps some marigold seeds might be the way forward for their birthday prezzies. Um, Just something simple, popped in a card, little packet of seeds. And then when they receive those, they can plant and grow and enjoy and share. I think even those boys would love that. A sense of creating something new too. That's a lovely feeling. Watching them develop and become something so rewarding is a lovely thing. So what do you think, Paulie? Oh, I love that idea. I mean, autumnal seed gifts of marigolds, that's just super. And I think, I mean, you could take that anywhere through the year. Sunflower seeds. Yes. Just a nice little kind of extra thing. And you know, it's Especially like Especially for birthdays. A... Yes. Absolutely. It's a lovely thing um, to nurture and grow. I love that. Mm, good. good. So moving on to our final little bit here. What a lot of floral activity there's been over the past week. Um, we have been making cocktails on a Hampshire radio show. That got a bit messy, didn't it, Paulie? Mm. <laughs> certainly big, did. And big thanks to our dear pal Jo. She was around for that little cocktail fest and she was very much in charge of mixology. And she was... Oh, is that a siren in the background, Paulie? Is that your cappuccino arriving? They've come to take me away. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, so our <laughs> lovely friend Jo, she was there helping us on the mixology front for the cocktails. And with my lack of a cocktail shaker, she improvised with one of my steel coffee plungers, which I have to say worked incredibly well. So that interview, should you fancy a giggle, uh, you can see us recording that and also making our cocktail of choice. So find that for your watching pleasure on our website and on our YouTube channel. We've also been busy releasing more beautiful Fabulous Flowers films, including another one filmed at The Real Flower Company in Hampshire, where we spent a day earlier this year and poorly got to chat with the wonderful Roseby Morton. And that is another very florally uplifting film. We also poorly actually got around to doing a bit of a quickie in your garden, didn't we? 
we did have a quickie in my garden and it was just such a lovely thing to do. It was a little instructional film on how to um, just simply pop some uh, sunflowers in a rustic mm. container a la Provençale with some olive uh, foliage. So easy to do. And it just looked lovely. I really enjoyed doing that, darling. Yes, that was great. So anyone who wants to see that, do pop over to our YouTube channel. Please do subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the more films we can make. And don't forget to hit that notification bell so you can be alerted when a new film comes out. And please, yes, 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 absolutely. And please do keep sending in all your own flower arrangements, displays, garden pickings and all things floral and tag us at Fabulous Flowers TV, all one word, and then we'll get to see them. Yes, please do keep all those lovely pictures coming in. We adore seeing how creative you all are. Just pick something from the garden, pop it in a vessel, take a photo and send it over to us. We'd love to see them. Yes, we absolutely would. Well, there we are, Paulie. I think we can now draw this fabulous flowers romp to a close. It's been fun, although slightly lonely for me, sitting in my kitchen on my own without you beside me um, and without a little tincture to look forward to afterwards. Absolutely, Lucy. I have to say it's been fabulous to catch up, but um, you know, isn't technology amazing? I'm up in London, you're in Sussex. It's been lovely. I've really enjoyed our little floral romp today. Yes, me too. Okay, so until the next one, Paulie, it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. Bye.